Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hey there, Tony. It is always good to be with you and to just have our conversations as we do. Mm-hmm. And you know, even though it's always great to talk with you, can I say that life is not always great, though? <laughs> um, I know we come across as like, boy, everything in missions is honky-dory and wonderful, and mm. and why isn't everyone signed up and part of it? But that's not reality. There is the good and the bad of missions that sometimes discourages missionaries. So this is like the end of the little house on the prairie part of conversations on the commission. <laughs> Where they're blowing up the houses. <laughs> yep, that's it. And... Um, One of the things that sometimes we don't really think much about is who gets to encourage the missionaries in what they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people obviously try, and people are praying for them. People are trying to do what they can from afar to encourage them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you don't really understand what it's like when you're far away in a foreign field. And we've obviously before have talked about some of the challenges that people faced. Mm -hmm. And today we have someone whose role and responsibility is basically to encourage missionaries. And so I'm excited. Mm -hmm. We have with us a special guest, Mr. Jeff Bassett. Uh, He and his wife, Carla, are part of BIMI's family, and, and they are the leaders of what we call Enrichment Week. Uh, and so I'm going to bring in Brother Bassett. Why don't you come on in, say hi, and why don't you just tell us a little bit about your, how the Lord has just worked in your life to bring you to this point where we're at, where your involvement in Enrichment Week. Thank you, Steve. I, uh, I'm from New York originally, and my wife's from Indiana. People say, who's your wife? And I say, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we were missionaries for... Um, several years in Ivory Coast from 1984 through 2005. Then 2006, we went to Uganda. We started several churches, and then we branched out to other countries. So we've started churches in Rwanda and Congo and Burkina Faso and Mali through the nationals we train. So we were busy not only evangelizing and starting churches, but training pastors and then following up and encouraging them. And they got discouraged. They ran into different things. And they, I said, I've come to charge your battery. And they said, but who charges your battery? And that's what we'll be discussing about Enrichment Week. But then uh, BIMI has asked me recently, because now I go back and forth. I'm still busy working in Africa, but I'm working also with Northeast Vision, which is out of Solid Rock Baptist Church in Berlin, New Jersey, in church planning, encouraging uh, pastors, and uh, helping out um, very much like what Enrichment Week is about, we do with pastors. So BMI asked my wife and I three years ago to pray about being over Enrichment Week. And so it is to encourage and challenge the missionaries who are on the front uh, lines of battle, attacking Satan's domain. And so they're hammered with culture shock and language issues and loneliness and such. And so God has put it in our hearts and we agree with BMI of the need. And so we accepted it gladly, and, and every uh, year we put together an enrichment week. So, 
Enrichment Week, we want to know a little bit more about it. The The name itself describes, I think, a lot of what it is, but it still may be a little bit elusive to people. Just to kind of help people who are listening understand, Enrichment Week is open to those missionaries who are back on furlough uh, from their field. I was just in a church recently where it was interesting. My my teenage girls looked at me and laughed when this was said because it holds entirely too much truth, I think. But they they said, well, furlough. And they said, let us define furlough for you to the church. And they said, furlough is when you come back and you raise more support. (laughs) And my girls looked at me and they laughed. And uh, I said, yeah, that's not what it's supposed to be. But a lot of times that's what it is. But furlough, uh, and we've done a podcast that has mentioned furlough and what it is and how it's supposed to be designed and the idea of it. And part of that is kind of refreshment and and kind of recuperating and all of that. And eWeek, I think, is designed to, to help that process. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about how eWeek helps the missionary to get refreshed, recuperated, use the term recharge the batteries. Back in the uh, 90s, a lot of pastors were concerned seeing casualties, missionaries going through the different things, sometimes because the wife was discouraged, sometimes the children felt like they didn't fit in. Why were they born into a missionary family? They felt deprived, maybe, of not being able to be a typical American teenager, all different things. And so the directors and leadership of BIMI got together with some local pastors, and they planned some things out. They said, let's have a week to where we get them away from their everyday hustle-bustle schedule, where they can relax, where they can have fun, they can laugh, they can sing together, they can fellowship, and it won't be any cost to them. So churches help to donate money so that we are able to buy food for them. It's a Monday through Friday uh, uh, program, so they'll arrive and the kids have all kinds of activities. And one of the biggest focuses of Enrichment Week is the children. Because when the children are really on board, that makes a major difference. But when the children are not, it's a real heartache and a hindrance to uh, the ministry. And so we have lots of activities for the teens. They'll go horseback riding. They'll play laser tag. They'll go rafting. Uh, The littler ones we take to aquarium. And there's all kinds of fun things. We bring in a water slide here to the mission. So we lodge them. We feed them. We we play games. With the adults, we have... um, speaker uh, different sessions and speakers that will encourage it's all very uh, uh, um, giving them an opportunity to unload too some of them they're afraid to say that they're discouraged they're afraid to say they have problems so we break the ice with them we help them to realize they're human beings after all and so sometimes personally and privately we'll talk to them but there's a lot of getting together just for fun and games. We give them gift cards that churches have given us. Uh, we've given suits out to the men and, and dresses and things to the ladies. And uh, so we just make it a time where we spoil them and pamper them. We go bowling with the, the, the adults and different activities. If they're not wanting to bowl, they can sit and laugh and fellowship if you've ever been around uh, just a group of people like that. Even if you're not doing the activity, just that time together. And so it's a wonderful time. We do skits, we laugh, and um, they just get to unload. And at the end of the week, then everybody goes back to their own places, and we've had many testimonies. There were families that were about ready to resign from the mission and quit being missionaries, and they said, what God has done this week has made a difference. And now we're ready to go back 
to do our ministry. I would imagine yeah. that one of the great things about Enrichment Week is not just what all that you mentioned about what BIMI is pouring into the missionaries. I mean, what a week that is of, of fun, enjoyment, uh, being spoiled in a lot of ways, and and just having someone pour into them, because typically missionaries are always giving out to others, and very few people give in, give in to them. So to have that is an amazing thing. But I would also imagine just the idea of being around other missionaries who, even though they may be in different parts of the world, they go through similar battles, similar things in ministry. And um, just the benefit of that, because preachers can understand when they go to preachers' conferences, and, and if it's a good conference, they can encourage them, and they all kind of swap stories and things. So when you see these missionaries connect with others, do you do you see that? Do you see them just kind of, even though they may come from different parts of the world and may not have known each other coming into Enrichment Week, you see that they're uh, helping and benefiting each other? Oh, absolutely. There's a kindred spirit. Um, typically, missionaries have that pioneering mindset where they've got to go where nobody else has been, and they have to not build on another man's foundation. And when you go through things like that and you get around others of that mindset, there's a real connection there. And so, the you know, the um, barriers drop really quickly, even though they didn't know each other. And even though, as you said, they're from different parts of the world, different cultures, different languages, different situations, they really can identify with each other. So as we as we um, listen and think about the the connections that are made and the kind of mutual encouragement that the that the adults can have one with another, I kind of latched on to the fact that you said one of the things that you really focus in on are the kids, and I think especially, uh, and I know that there's like a. I was just telling somebody in, in our church that we attend about how the younger kids have a thing, and I kind of equated that to, in our church, we're actually going through VBS right now, and I kind of equated that to a, a little mini VBS for these younger missionary kids. But the teens who are going through so many things in their lives as teenagers alone, and then um, being what we call and, and have discussed even on this podcast before, third culture kind of kids— it must be great to see them make that connection one with another to realize, hey, I'm not the only missionary kid in the world. I may be the only missionary kid 150, 250,000 miles from where I live all the time, but I'm not the only missionary kid in the world. And they get to do some activities, I think, that uh, they, you know, some of the teenagers that may even listen to this podcast in the United States say, oh, that sounds like stuff I get to do all the time. But they don't do that stuff. There's no Six Flags in, in, in uh, you know, the Ivory Coast um, or these other places. And so do, do you have some input? Have you received some input from the teens and how this has ha- kind of impacted them, uh, Enrichment Week, and how it's helped them? Yes, sir. Um, one said, I've never been on a roller coaster in my life, for instance. But there, there are so many activities that they've never done. Water rafting, some of them have never done that. And uh, so they do get those opportunities, those experiences. But as they are with these children that are their own age group, their own background, you could say, mm-hmm. they do identify. And, and many of them will say, they understand me. And so there's a connection. Now, 
in discussing the young people with the uh, with Brother Steve earlier today, we were saying how that many of the teenagers, a 16-year-old, for instance, is typically either more mature for his age or more immature for his age than the average American because they go through so many different things. They're exposed to a lot. And so they may act like a 20 to a 30-year-old when they're only 16, or they might act like a 12-year-old. And the parents must protect the children. They're in dangerous situations. They're in but the problem is there's a pendulum. If we're not watching out, then we could go too much with that and and just smother them. So it, this week gives them an opportunity in a safe, protected uh, environment with caring people of the, of the same beliefs and backgrounds, but also concern for those young ones, that they're able to get away from their family, although the family is there. It's like going to a camp. And so when the children go to camp, mom and dad aren't there, and so the parents are trusting. And those kids, uh, they experience each day builds on the day before. So Monday, we have ice-breaking type things, things to where they will, if they're shy, be able to not be pushed but to get involved. We prime the pump. Those that are more outgoing have no problems doing it. So then after the first day, there's already some camaraderie between the kids. And as the week goes on, it builds. There's devotions each morning. Then there's there's preaching later in the day. And it's not to be a preaching time, but we do have that to make sure that the spiritual aspect's being dealt with. But the kids get to be themselves. Yes, they are their children's parents, so we're not trying to change them, and we're not going to do anything to go against what the parents believe. But at the same time, it is good to get the children alone to where they can think for themselves and be their own individual. And then as they get back with their family, they can see where they fit in and they can see why their parents believe the things they believe and they can be making choices themselves. So it is like a camp as well. And uh, they have opened up and they come out of themselves. And some of the kids that were very shy, many of the parents have even said, this has really been a help to my children. They need to know more about socializing, and get around other kids. And it's just an, a, a good uh, experience in so many aspects. Mm-hmm. I would imagine with whether the kids or the adults that when they come here, there are a lot of burdens, there are a lot of concerns that they just have from the ministry. You know, they, even though they're maybe off the field from South America and they're here in Chattanooga right now on furlough, but their heart is still in South America and there's still some of the concerns and they keep that in their mind. So when they come and they have these burdens, um, does... Does Enrichment Week offer them like someone to talk with? If they do, they open up and share, and 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 maybe connect with you as the leader of it to just say, "Hey, brother Jeff, let me. I just need you to pray and some counsel and advice. This is where we're at and things." Do you see? Do you see that with whether it be the teens or the adults? Yes, both. Um, I'm a very independent type person, and sometimes myself, I don't want others to know that I'm not as tough in a certain situation as maybe I think I should be, or maybe I've got frailties or doubts or whatever it might be. And so it gives them an opportunity to be in a situation where they know they are loved, they are cared for, churches are loving them, and the leadership and veteran missionaries and and the directors and leaders of the mission that have experience and and do have a lot of the answers those things are available. And the environment does certainly give them the feeling, it puts them at ease, and they're opening up. And so there's been a lot of them that they say, oh, we just don't usually open up. And, and we were afraid for people to know this. 
And when they see that we've all gone through hardships and we all are going through different difficulties, um, then they, they feel more open. And so, yes, we've been able to help a lot of the people and encourage them. And sometimes they just need to talk and unload, and that's all that they need to do. Somebody that they feel they can confide in and is not going to be judging them or uh, ratting on them. With, with all of this, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot going on, a very full schedule, feeding them, hosting them activities. Is that coming out of your pocket? Because we've already talked many times on our podcast, BIMI has no money. <laughs> we just kind of keep sending it off to the missionaries. Um, so nothing is really held here. So how is all this funded? How, how, who, is it donations or what happens? How do you fund all of this? Okay, there are some churches, individuals, several of the BIMI directors and missionaries monthly will give an amount. Some maybe only $5 and some more. But every month, some is coming in from some people. There's others that give a one-time love offering. They say, okay, how much does it cost per child or uh, for a family? And they'll say, we want to sponsor one family. And others will give every year just automatically when it comes to you know, around June or so, they know July is coming up. It's the third week of July typically every year. So sometime in May or June, different ones will send a one-time gift. It's that time of the year. So they do that. Now, we give out gift cards to the parents. We, we have fun things to do, questions. And, and uh, for instance, we'll say, who has a track in a language other than English? And they'll dig through their thing. If they do, we'll hear it, come up here and get, get one of these prizes. It's just fun type stuff. And uh, sometimes we'll have drawings for different things that we've been able to get things from the churches. So different churches will, uh, as we go around to them and, and mention the ministry they'll give, or maybe somebody will stop by the mission and drop off. But um, there'll be gift cards. There'll be uh, maybe a gift certificate at a place where a man can get a suit. Uh, there'll be Bibles. There'll be other help books. So there are um, gifts that are not money that are given also, but then there is the monthly and then there. And so if someone, some of them just send it to the mission and they put it in the name of enrichment week, and then it goes into that account. And then we see throughout the year what is uh, available and we're able to uh, pay for the different things. I think it's great that uh, partnering churches can get involved. And uh, we talk a lot about on this podcast, that's what it's all about, the missionary and the partnering church. Maybe just take a couple of minutes, Brother Jeff, and and let partnering churches know how this is a little bit different than even what some churches do in the sense of when a missionary goes to a church. Um, and, and I think we experience this sometimes when we hold field conference. Churches with the very best intentions and, and want to have a heart for missions, and even the church that we uh, had the privilege to, uh, to to plant in Arizona, we would host field conference for the uh, for the missionaries in the USA on the west on the west uh, side of the Mississippi. But I do know that uh, there's been some feedback that okay, I'm still at church and I can't totally let my guard down, as opposed to okay, I'm in this environment where it's basically just a bunch of missionaries around. And they can they can kind of be even a little bit more relaxed, and how that might be a help to them, uh, how that has benefited the missionaries of having this one concentrated week of just 
not feeling like they, you know, missionaries at heart, most of them have a, a serving heart. And this is a week, and I've seen it in E-Week, where at the beginning of the week, they want to get in and do the dishes after the dinner. And it's like, no, 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 you're not going to do the dishes. And uh, so this is a week where, actually, I think they go through some culture shock of, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to receive this week as opposed to give. And and has that been, how does that work out with the missionaries? And, and how do they get through that first couple of days of culture <laughs> shock of, I'm not, I'm not the one who's going to do everything here? Well, obviously, you've got different levels of experience and maturity. So some have had some uh, realization that you don't want to deprive somebody else of being a blessing to you and and furnishing for you. And God has uh, put in his word different things that when you are a blessing to those that are servants of God, then God's going to be a blessing to you in different areas. So some of them realize that. But like you said, some of them, it's just really hard. And myself, uh, of course, I'm doing it. Uh, uh, my wife and I are the ones leading it, but we're always, we've come to Enrichment Week over the years when we were missionaries, and we did go in and try to wash the dishes and take the trash. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the reasons that I get to do this. But uh, um, yes, that attitude, and we don't want to kill that attitude, of course, but here's what happens. They realize we are loved. Mm. We are appreciated. Churches love us. Individuals care about missions. And there's some people who think, am I just spinning my wheels on the mission field? Am I out there and other people don't care? Some might feel, I'm so busy working and sacrificing and doing, does it even matter? And and so whatever uh, viewpoint they might have of it, I've seen uh, on, on all levels, the missionaries say, we do appreciate this. We're not used to this. This is a blessing and an encouragement. And then the kids, of course, they see, wow, the mission, the leaders, they're not just wearing a suit and tie and up there directing and whatnot. They love us. And they're, it's the directors a lot of times are in there doing the cooking and uh, the grilling and the cleaning and the washing the dishes and the director's wives. And so they see that they are loved, they are cared for, and they're not just a number. They're not just another uh, missionary that everybody expects to do the job. And that's the way God looks at us. He loves us. He cares for us individually. And really, we need to communicate that to them. And they do. They have responded in saying, yes, we really feel loved. We really feel cared for. And it has uh, made an impact on several of them. And I think, I think uh, as you mentioned, you said, uh, we know the churches love us. And, and one of the things you've been really careful about, because my, my teen girls actually were uh, a part of E-Week uh, three years ago and went with the teens and all. And when they would say thank you to the different directors or the people that were kind of chaperoning the activities, everybody was always careful to remind them, no, we thank the churches who allowed us to do this because they provided the funds and all. And so to bring it back to, um, because I didn't want my statement that I made to sound negative in regards to churches, because I know they do their very best, but I think that there's an atmosphere here on the campus. And that was what I was trying to get to that allows the missionary to really, really relax in a way that they probably couldn't do, even when they were I, I know because we, like I said, we hosted those field conferences. They always anybody who's been been there knows that there's this kind of oh I've got to I've got to do just this or that, and uh, they get to relax a little bit more. And I think it's super important that they can they can do that. We do have some churches in the area as well that like to get involved in in E Week, and some of those pastors in this area listen, and maybe you could um, give them some tips on how they could 
they could be involved if they're in the local area some because there's some churches that do that and uh, supply some things with manpower and such maybe you could go through that and then um i have one more question i'll leave it to steve from there but uh um what could a church do on on a on another level other than giving um or providing the manpower that you're going to talk about in a second how does a church minister to a missionary on furlough? Because these are missionaries on furlough, so some ideas on that as well. Okay, so first of all, I'll deal with Enrichment Week week. Um, we've had churches that will have provided buses and vehicles for us to use to take the people, take the young ones out to the different activities. Uh, others have even provided bus drivers. And so those are some things. Then there's some that have provided help in the kitchen. Uh, whether it's helping prepare the food, whether it's cleaning up after, washing the dishes. Others have um, come and helped with the children's ministries because um, we have things for them. We need people that are qualified and caring uh, to help with that. So those are areas where if churches volunteer, hey, how can you use us? Then we can say, here's where some slots, we need some help, and those are some potential areas. Local churches helping their missionaries, they need to realize their missionaries are on the front line and they do experience loneliness and some of them hurt and some of them they get betrayed and there's visa problems and there's wars and and just all kinds of things. And one of the hard things too is as the children get older and they bring them back to the States um, and leave them to go to Bible college or whatever they're gonna do, that's a hard thing when the parents go back. So pray for them and then if you have some young folks that are maybe the ages of some of the children, they can write and be pen pals perhaps. Um, and and a big thing is uh, I've got five children and some of my children had commented over the years. One of them said to me, in all the churches we went to, there's only two youth uh, pastors that really showed an interest in him. Now I know there was a lot of others that were would have been interested, but they were busy. But do be sensitive about the missionaries' children. When they come, now don't be patronizing, going over the top, but do reach out, do things for them. I was in one church, and in fact, Brother Tim Leonard, who works here at the, um, um, the mission here, he was in a missions conference with us, and he, uh, when he was speaking, he said that a church could maybe give $20 to each of the kids. Well, that pastor that night, he gave $20 bill to each of my five kids. And in one sense, that wasn't a lot, but for my children, that was for them. It wasn't for me or the ministry or through me. It was directly from the church to them. So there are some things like that, that when a family comes through, um, make it sincere. Don't just be putting on an act or do it out of duty, but but really they need to know, they need to feel, they, they, they need to know they're important. And then uh, some of my children have received a lot of that type of things as we were going through churches. So I think that's very important, corresponding uh, with them. And then also the um, when they're actually there, consider them and uh, do things with them and for them. I can see how this is such a tremendous ministry to the missionaries, uh, because especially with the, the, the previous year with COVID and the pandemic and a lot of changes and a lot of cultures and a lot of countries, uh, everyone is kind of scrambling on trying to figure out what the new normal is. And that's hard sometimes when you're in a third world culture and, and the, the economy is collapsing because they can't sell their 
goods and wares anymore like they used to. And and so to be able to come back and just have someone pour into you, uh, what what an encouragement that would be. And so if if someone did want to uh, contribute to help with this, uh, whether it be a missionary who's listening, because we have some that listen, and or whether it be a pastor or a church, specifically, what would they do to say, hey, I want to help with this? Speci- I know you mentioned it, but what, like, do you have a certain account number? Because I know everyone around here has an account number at BIMI. What would, what would they do if they said, hey, I want to help? Because maybe a missionary is out there listening going, hey, that's going to be me one day coming back uh, to to be that to receive the encouragement because I'll need it. So how can someone participate specifically in contributing financially to help with all that you're doing through an Orchard Week? Yes, there is an account number. So simply, if somebody wanted to help, you would just send it to the BIMI office and in care of Enrichment Week, and it would be put directly into the Enrichment Week account. And um, then if you wanted to find out what other ways that you might be able to help physically or being involved, then again, you could give a note to to the mission and then they will contact me and let me know and then I will contact you. Good. Well, I want to thank Brother Bassett for taking time out of his busy schedule as he's gearing up to prepare to lead E-Week in just a few days now uh, from the recording of this podcast. I want to thank the churches who gave to make this year's E-Week possible. And uh, if this is something that uh, has kind of sparked your interest and maybe the Lord's putting on your heart to be involved in some way, um, we're going to put Brother Bassett's contact information in our show notes. You could reach out to him. You could reach out to Stephen or myself also. Uh, We want to thank you for listening and being a part of the podcast every single week. We hope that you'll share this with somebody, uh, that you will also... um, Take the time to uh, give us a rating on those different apps that you're listening on. That helps us to get the the podcast more well-known, and we appreciate uh, that you take the time to listen each and every week and that you give us this opportunity to uh, speak with you on this, uh, uh, this level once a week. Until next time, have a great week in the Lord. Mm-hmm.